0: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast. And today I'm just doing a bit of a solo show, a little bit longer than some of my other solo short ones. Uh, I just wanna, hey, cover a few things that I've just been interested in, uh, geeking out on at the time, if you will, uh, and just share share, share a few thoughts, uh, I guess just all at one time. One thing that has been just intriguing to me is strength athletics. Well, I mean, this is just something that's very intriguing to me to begin with, but I'm curious how strong can people get, right? So I, I'm looking like Barbend is one um, site that I like to frequent fairly often because I mean, it gives like I, I'm just looking at it right now. So along the top, they have fitness, which to me basically means uh, CrossFit, there's weightlifting, there's powerlifting, there's strongman. Uh, they have an op-ed, reviews. I like that. I like a little bit of everything there, just because I enjoy strength athletics to begin with, and it gives that more of a concise look to it for me, at least, rather than, oh well, I mean, I follow a couple, like I'll look at a couple strongman-specific uh, places, but everything else I look at is, is, is nothing. I, I don't follow weightlifting in particular. I don't follow powerlifting in particular. So this is nice. And it's, as I'm looking at it, like, I, what is it? IPF Worlds, I think we're just recently here. Uh, and I'm just curious, like I said, how strong are people going to get? We're seeing these four, I don't know if there's four and a half times, maybe five times body weight deadlifts. Uh, that's, that's incredible, right? I, I think Actually, I don't know where that cap is. I I talked about this with a guest. I'm trying to remember who it was, maybe a year, year and a half ago. And I asked them, just like, what are these limits? Like, are there limits? And or where are those limits because of? Are we limited because of our bodies, because of our minds? I tend to think that our strength limitations lie more in our minds than anything else. Now, on this homepage too, there's a picture of Hafthor Bjornsson. Now, there's a reason he plays the mountain on some show, uh, Game of Thrones, I think it's called, and because he's a mountain of a man, he's like 6'8", I think he's 6'9", and he's like 4'20", or 4'40", so just a ridiculously large individual. Now, to think that somebody like me who's 205, 210 pounds, I'm, I'm literally half his size, and I'm still reasonably large, reasonably strong individual, but to think that, the, the the two of us are from the same planet is ridiculous. However, and can we be the same strength? That's what I pose. That's what I question. Is it the limitation of the mind that we can't actually be as strong as we think we can, we feel we can, that we really could be? And I don't know. It's It's something I'm very curious about and would like to explore. And I think this might be something to get some other guests on to be able to talk about, to, f- f- to, to get that deeper power into the mind. But I'm just curious as an overall, and I'm posing this. I, I want to see if anybody has any other reactions to it. Like, are there limitations? I mean, the other thing on the homepage right now on is Ray Williams, like squatting over a thousand pounds raw, right? So that's incredible. I mean, I remember training a few years back, uh, maybe eight, 10 years now, Mike Miller when he was setting the first man to squat 1,200 pounds, right? He was wearing gear, and that's, I, I still think it's ridiculously impressive. I don't care whether you have support, whether you don't have support, whatever it is, like that is just absolutely unbelievably strong. You have over 1,000 pounds on your back, drop down and come up with it. Uh, to me, more even impo- more impressive probably is Eddie Hall. I don't know about more impressive, but just as impressive is Eddie Hall deadlifting 1,100 pounds. No, no person has ever done this. Like just bar from the floor, pick it up, st- stand up with it in your hands. 1,100 pounds. Uh, that's fascinating to me, and I'm wondering. So, what's what's the, our limitations? So, if we go back far enough, like okay, where where did these numbers start? Find that out. And just start extrapolating, like, okay, what gains have we been making? Like, there's still all these world records being broken. Just this in the last week or two for powerlifting. Well, what's next? Like, again, how strong can we be? The answer, I, I don't think we can even begin to guess that right now. Uh, but I'm excited to see what happens, and I'm excited to see what the strength of the mind brings into play on that. And I I think that's going to be a big part of it. And I'm really excited to see just the strength of the mind and mind training, brain training, uh, where that goes in regards to physical strength, because I think there's a lot to be said for that. I think there's a lot that can be learned from those things as well. So I want to jump topics. And then like I said, I'm going to go through just a couple different things that I've just wanted to Sit down and talk about, and maybe just didn't do a, a short one, short podcast. But I wanted to just keep talking for a little bit. So maybe I like hearing my own voice. Sorry if you don't like it, but thanks for listening. Uh, either way, jumping in on keto next, uh, the ketogenic diet, all the rage right now, right? All the cool kids are doing it. Yeah, we've seen this before, right? And that's not to say the keto is bad, because I think keto, when used appropriately is going, not is going to, is already seeing, is already just showing fantastic results, right? So we're seeing, especially, I think, epileptics and cancer. Those are the two realms, uh, as well as I think any brain degenerative disorders, uh, like this. really the Alzheimer's. I, I think I'm very intrigued by it from that standpoint. But I don't know that, again, keto is going to be necessary. I think a lot of that can be done on more of like the ancestral type diet, probably just like a little bit lower carbohydrate restrictions to that. So again, keto, I think right now is still just a big fad and people have to beware. Like I'm not saying don't explore it, but realize it's a tool just like any other. And I think to maybe use it Throughout the year, maybe again more in the winter time when we would probably have less access to vegetables. We still have maybe our meat, and it's getting more towards that February, March time where, hey, we really don't have the the roots, the tubers available anymore. I think it might be a good thing to explore, and and with the limitations on sunlight, I I think that comes into play. So again, if we're if we're taking in tons of carbohydrates, but our, our activities still is a little bit limited. Our sunlight is low. I think sunlight plays a big part of this uh, and is part of the rage because people are just chronically inside and not outside, not getting that exposure. And it, and that exposure, I think, helps greatly with our ability, our insulin resistance, right? So how well are we able to tolerate processed carbohydrates? So there's so many factors at play here. And it's not that I want to hate on keto. It's I want to bring these things to light to make sure that it's it's not just over glorified, right? Just like low fat diets were, just like the Atkins diet, the South Beach diet. I mean, all these other big ones that have come on. Paleo, I think, is still, I think, paleo is less big than it was, again, when I still think Rob Wolf did the best to bring, bring paleo into the limelight. And now he's, he's big on the keto board, as is like Mark Sisson, like more primal, but going, Going the keto route. But when I talk, and when I've listened to at least Mark, I, I haven't listened to Rob as much recently, but Mark will talk about okay, well, he doesn't always stay in ketosis. Like, yeah, he'll have some carbohydrates or he'll just go slightly low carb because that's how he feels the best. That's how he's running the best. But he also speaks of he's not on this all the time. Like, he goes back and forth and he wants to have that metabolic flexibility. And I think that's where keto is getting. Just like a lot of the other diets that have come and gone before is, well, it's the only way, right? Well, no, it's not the only way. It's just another way. It's another tool in the tool belt for when you need it, use it because it can be amazing, right? So I'm all on board with that. It's just knowing when to use it. And this goes to any diet, just finding that appropriate time for when it can most help you out. So next I want to jump into just like what I'm currently reading, currently just geeking out on and I've gotten really into Charles Poliquin again recently and not that it's I'm all necessarily about Charles and his thing, but a lot of his ideas and even even just people that have studied under him, trained with him, because I think that they've taken and I said this to somebody the other day, practical Poliquin, right, where Charles can be a bit over the top. Excuse me, driving I'm grabbing a sip of water here. And when I say over the top, though, not as a bad thing. It's like he is just so far all in on what he does. That's just what he wants to do. And he wants to be the damn best in the world at it. And you know what? He does that. Like he does that very, very well. So i just been geeking out, com. If anybody's wondering, like, go check it out, see what he has to offer because he has some really cool, I think he's very far ahead of a lot of people in the industry of fitness or whatever you want to call it. He is so tuned into the mental game. He's so tuned into not only the nutritional, but the supplement game. Uh, for those who are really just trying to find what else they can do. And I don't call him a biohacker. I just think he is absolutely tuned in to himself to what is going to best help out everybody. So I, I really appreciate Charles and all that he's doing. So thank him, Thank you for that. Um, other things that I'm just interested in learning more about are the area of psychedelics. Uh, and this is, I, I don't want to limit that saying to just say plant medicines because yes, um, i am intrigued by like ayahuasca and what that can do for lots of people, but not just from like an ayahuasca trip or whatever you want to do. No, like the exploration of it. The other thing that really intrigues me are, uh, both, but are, are all more plant medicines, I guess would be the, uh, mushrooms uh, going into other cacti. So peyote, uh, San Pedro, I'm very intrigued by what they can do for, I'm not sure what to say, whether it's the brain or the mind, because I think it's both. And these are two very distinct things. The brain I mean is something we can palpate, right? Cut up in your skull. There's a brain right there. We can see it. We know it's there. The mind well, I always think of my mind being in my brain. I'm not sure that it is. I, I think my mind can probably be anywhere that I want it to be or wherever it wants to be. And exploring this uh, through psychedelics, but also the psychedelic research on so many other things. I mean, recovering from any types of traumas, uh, just looking for insights in your life. I, I think that when used in the proper environment and with those that can facilitate the better use of them, that these are going to continue to grow as will medical marijuana. And I say, this is something we talked about in the clinic Um, yesterday. I had a couple of nurse practitioners who were patients that I was working with. And one of them said, yeah, as soon as we get rid of the word marijuana, and especially medical marijuana because now all of a sudden it's like it's medical marijuana. It's it, it it's right. He, he was right, I think, about it. It's like this stigmatized word where we can't think of it as just like ah uh, hippies, peace, love. Yeah, let's just go smoke a joint. No, because that does discredit the plant and what it can do for those in pain. For, hey, I think, again, those looking for some type of mind-opening, mind-altering expanses that should be part of our life. We shouldn't just be limited to not being able to explore other things to do to our bodies, for our bodies and our minds and just our overall health. So, I'm reading, when I say reading, listening to an interesting book, uh, San Pedro Huachuma. Uh, about the San Pedro cactus. Uh, another one that I downloaded, I haven't started listening to yet. Uh, let me see, what's it called here? The Harvard Psychedelic Club. And I'm excited to see this because this goes into a few very influential people. Uh, and where are they? So Richard Alpert, uh, also known as Ram Das. Uh, who else was there? Uh, Andrew Wile was there. Timothy Leary. So all of these guys came through Harvard at the same time, and like the profound impact they—just those three names have had on the world—I think is is incredible. And I'm intrigued to learn just more about that, more about what they have to share, what they're all about, as well as like Terrence McKenna's work too. So. Just something I'm going into. Uh, but speaking, I said, of like brain slash mind, I'm just overall health of the brain especially. And something that I just started doing this week, uh, I've been using Lion's Mane a little bit, and I haven't noticed a difference, but I'm not discounting that either. I, I also started some GPC with the Lion's Mane, uh, thanks to Charles Poliquin, a recommendation he had for overall brain health. Uh, GPC is uh, glycerophosphocholine, uh, but both are supposed to help with just, I guess, neurogenitive repair, uh, increasing BDNF, which is called brain-derived neurotropic factor. Uh, So again, looking just, keeping my brain sharp, keeping my mind sharp, uh, sure, I'm 32, and I'd say still relatively, relatively young. Eh, and I feel great and I want it to be that way. I want my mind to stay as sharp as possible. So I think doing as much as I can now uh, will really only bode well for me in the future. So that's just something I'm exploring with right now. Not really saying a whole lot else about it. Uh, the lines mean I do enjoy. I actually love the flavor of it. So hey, there, there's that. Uh, as far as just other things that I'm exploring right now and reading, uh, I'm very interested in motivation. And not motivation from like, rah, 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 let's go, come on. No, what internally motivates somebody? What what do they do to keep going? Uh, Or what keeps driving them? The driving factor. And so I'm reading another of Gary Chapman's books right now was The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace. And I'm doing this because I want to everybody that I work with, I want to have a better understanding of, in a sense, how to motivate them, but really what's driving them? What do they, why do they come to work, right? Why are they still here? What are they doing here? But what can I do to help them achieve more, not only through work, from work, but what else can I do to help them achieve more in their life? And all the people that uh, work in my clinic then too, like I have one-on-one meetings at least once a month where we just sit down and talk about how work's going, but how's life going? And I'm trying to get that understanding of from them so so that I can appreciate that, but also from any of my patients, any of my clients. And I know I can find like, oh, well, yeah, the whole I want to, I just don't want to be in back pain anymore. Uh, just so I can go for a walk. And I want to be able to play with my kids or grandkids. And yeah, I want to lose like 10 pounds. Uh, I feel like that'll really help with my knees and I'll feel a little bit healthier. But I want to get a little bit deeper than that. And there's always a bigger why, I think, to, to most things. But the why that I'm looking for, or that I'm looking to get into, I guess dive into is the why of what can I find out about them and how can I motivate them without necessarily having to ask for that and that's what this why is about for me is just being able to read people better being able to just know them just through a connection and that I think goes a long way and I think that's where This all comes down to improving my listening skills, but my listening skills with application. So I listen, I hear that, and I apply something to it. I don't just take it in and completely dismiss it, or I just don't take it in at all. So that's that's where I'm going into with that. And the last thing that I would say that I'm diving into, geeking out on, are herbs, spices, uh, mushrooms, adaptogens, of all sorts. So, the reason that I'm doing this is, and uh, Back to Eden, I think it is, by Kloss. The last name is Kloss. I just got this book. And it's more of a reference on a lot of herbs, plants, that type of thing. But I'm very intrigued by all of those because, sure, we have all of our larger foods that we eat, but there's so much little stuff that goes into a lot of other things. They, they can pack such a punch, right? So I'm trying to get a better understanding of that and a better understanding of how my body personally reacts to each of these because I've, I've seen a lot of these herbal blends and these adaptogenic blends and so on and so forth. And I've tried some of them. And I just don't like them, but what I've learned to do, and this is something that I'd really like to be able to do uh, with some of my patients and clients, is for myself I've learned to listen to my body, to to connect to it, and feel what exactly it is that I need. And asking myself that, and that's the sole connection that I learned from Paul Check and. I've gotten back into that, and it is an incredible thing. I'm not going to go too deep into that right now because, listen to him. Uh, I think he did this on one of Aubrey Marcus' podcasts. If not, he did it. He's done it on other podcasts, or just search on his YouTube site or something. But Paul Check and Soul Connection, and you're going to find some pretty awesome stuff. Regardless of that, I, I've been doing this for myself, and the things that. Come together like the GPC and the Lions Mane. Like I haven't the Lions Mane by itself. I enjoyed. I liked. I didn't notice a change with the GPC. There's just a little something else there, and I can't pinpoint it. But I'm gonna. This is again only been like two three days, uh, so I want to report back on that. However, finding those combinations of maybe it's herbs and spices that go perfect with a certain food for me, and for some reason they just. It just clicks, but also being able to either teach people how to do that and, or basically do it for them. Like, Hey Nick, I am struggling with, uh, I, I, I can't seem to focus and I'm just always crashing at a certain time and maybe they've dialed in a couple things. Like they've got their nutrition pretty well dialed in. Like we're not noticing anything there. Um, but maybe their sleep is still pretty spot on. They're, They're avoiding their blue lights at night and they can't get it right. And all of a sudden, hey, we find out, you know what, or I do maybe some soul connection with them. They maybe need some chaga and some maca, right? Well, they try it and all of a sudden, boom, fireworks, like the sirens are going. They have just that great energy throughout the day. Well, maybe there's something else missing there that we're not seeing, but this also might be just that jump start that gets them through the day and helps with a lot of things. And that's the beauty of adaptogens, and I think plants in generals. We have so much to learn from them, and they can really truly help to heal us. And maybe it was the somebody needed that for a month, a year, and then they need something else. So this is maybe the the shaman, the medicine man coming out in me where I I, I like being able to help people find that when they're in search of something. So really trying to get a better understanding of all of these plants is is where I'm at. And on a side note to that, I read uh, The Plant Paradox, yes, uh, earlier this year, and was totally enthralled by it until I wasn't. And not that I'm not, because I think a lot of, what he says in the book and I'm drawing a blank on the author's name right now. But he really goes into a lot of very good concepts as far as eating and overall nutrition and things that people should be avoiding, uh, things that people should be eating. Stephen Gun- Dr. Stephen Gundry. There we go. And it's a very, very good book. But it goes into a lot of, okay, still like the nightshades, like other things to avoid. And I'm still... I'm not convinced that we shouldn't be eating those. Now, maybe to heal from something, you need to get away from certain foods, certain plants that might be more caustic to the body, have more uh, uh, natural defense mechanisms. But I think in those natural defense mechanisms can also be part of what makes us stronger, right? So we do workouts. Work-ins are to cultivate the energy, but we do workouts to cause stress to the body, right? We go through heat. We go through cold to cause stress to the body. Now, I would term these more you stressors, good stressors rather than distressors. But I think, again, plants should do the same type of thing. They shouldn't only be healing. They should have that balance where, hey, they do cause that boost in immune function, right? They do cause you to have to break them down. And these are stressors to the body. But again, at the same time, I think they can be very good stressors to help us on that healing path and to make us stronger, more resilient. And to completely discount them, not not sure that I'm on board with that. And, and I think this is something that we'll be able to explore Uh, more in the future. And I think it's almost a self-exploration. But still, again, something to certainly be looking at. And it's just, should veggies harm us? And well, I don't know that they should or shouldn't, but some are going to. And if you still feel great and still look great and function great and everything when you're eating them, more power to you. Keep eating it. Don't don't listen to what I say or what somebody else says just because we say it, right? You still have to try it for yourself. So if if I just said that, oh yeah, nobody should ever eat green leafy veggies. Well, does, does that mean that you shouldn't? No. See how you react to them. Maybe you do great with spinach, but terrible with kale. The reason I brought that one up is because that's pretty much how I am. I feel is not just very heavy anytime I eat kale, um, spinach, as long as it's uh, sautéed in a satra, like some type of fat, I'm good. I can't do either one raw. I don't feel well. So I don't do that. Lettuces though, I feel awesome. I love lettuce. So I eat a lot of it and I feel great doing so. And yes, there are natural things in all of those greens that our body has to fight a little bit of, but I think that makes us a little bit stronger, a little bit more resilient going forward and overall a little bit healthier. Now, the last thing I, I want to bring up uh, is something else that I'm just getting ready to uh, explore or experiment with a little bit is blue blockers throughout the day. And you say, well, okay, Nick, uh, you should be saying, well, isn't blue light a good thing? And it is it's necessary just as red light is. We should be getting that full spectrum. However, I don't know that I like the idea of getting it from my computer screen uh, when I'm in the clinic from some of the lights that are overhead. And in our current situation, I don't know that we could really switch out the lights. So, I'm going to do my best to do something about it. And in this case, that will probably be, all right, trying out Uh, not necessarily like uh, the UVX, like the crazy big goggle like hardcore uh amber orange glasses whatever you want to call them but i'm going to try like uh, a slightly tinted one that is going to block still some of the blue light from that because hey i just want to see how i react to it and i (laughs) the reason i'm trying is because i think it's going to work right i guess i wouldn't try it if i thought it would be a bad thing uh but reducing that uh, artificial exposure and still making sure that I get, hey, feet in the dirt and the grass and in the dew in the morning with getting some sunshine in my eyes right away and that blue light. And I'm, I'm my body craves that. I, I love that. I need that. And then taking that on the other end of the spectrum and using that or avoiding that artificial form inside, and that what it can strain and drain on me. So time will tell. We're gonna we're gonna give it a shot here, see what happens, and I'll I'll let you guys know. Uh, but thanks for listening today. Uh, I really feel that this was helpful, at least for me, and I hope it was for you. I hope I piqued your interest, maybe on the physical strength and mental strength, and where they're going to go. Uh, who knows? Keto, maybe I. Completely convince you to get out of it or go into it, or one way or another. But either way, I'm happy that we're exploring that. Uh, And then, thanks for listening to some of the stuff that I'm geeking out on. Uh, If you have any questions for me on anything, please uh, go over to the website there. Uh, Send send me something, and I'd love to connect. Uh, I'd love to maybe expand upon some of these topics, especially how to find some maybe like the right herbal uh, mushroom adaptogens for you. Uh, So if it's something you guys want to hear more of, please let me know. Uh, I'd love love to chat about it and enjoy the rest of your day. Hey, guys, and thank you for listening to the Bare Naked Health podcast. If you want to support the show, please head over to iTunes, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Give a five-star rating, positive comment. This really helps other people find this show uh, or just share it with your friends. Uh, Hopefully, they can get something out of it too. But thank you very much and look forward to talking to you soon.